Monesh Pabre is someone Forbes has predicted to be the next Warren Buffett. We hung out while he was in his house in Orange County and I was here in Sydney. We went way above time. The guy is the founder of Pabre Investments. He's also the founder of Dakshna Foundation. He believes that the more you give, the more you're gonna get back, right? It's a great, great, great way to think. And he actually demonstrates that to us in terms of how that's come about for him. Welcome to the Leadership Show. Welcome to the Happiness Platform. I'm Ro. Let's get chatting with Manesh. I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. And please, like and subscribe, okay? Give. Talk soon. Is to ask yourself some questions. So, uh, so one question you can ask yourself is what what is the what is the, what is the job that you'd be willing to do for little or no money? Uh, and uh, and the second uh, second thing is is to try uh, you know try on different gloves. So you know do different uh, part time jobs or internships or even if you go to work for someone, uh, see how you feel. About uh, about the work in your day, and you come back at night, and uh, would you like to work 18 hours doing that, or you can't, or are you just anxious for uh, the day to end? And so, uh, I, I think that as you kind of look into those sorts of things, uh, some of that can be uh, can become uh, obvious. And uh, you know, I I got to this. Uh, fairly late in life and uh, I was a little bit lucky but I think in, in 1999 uh, I'm part of a group called YPO, Young Presidents Organization which is a great group okay. and uh, we were on a retreat, there were like what 10 of us and uh, we had these two industrial psychologists uh, basically spend a few weeks, uh, they, they, did a, they asked us to take a bunch of tests, They did 360 kind of analysis, so they talked to our spouses or girlfriends, if the kids were old enough, they spoke to kids, uh, friends, employees, bosses, uh, they really tried to get a full view, they, they did a bunch of interviews for each person and then uh, the end result of that was that they gave us all uh, what a 20 page write up, uh, which I think of it as my owner's manual. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, we are, uh, a lot of us are, well, all of us are born without an owner's manual. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and, and all of us are wired differently. So, mm. um, in, in my owner's manual, uh, they looked at, uh, you know, the way I had configured my life and they were able to tell what my natural strengths and biases and, and kind of uh, passions were from all this data. And uh, I was just about to start Pabrai Funds at that time. And I was, uh, I was in the midst of exiting, exiting from my uh, IT company that I had started and that had close to 200 people. And they told me that, you know, they didn't even know how I was managing uh, the IT company with all those people and all those reports uh, because they said, that's just not you. And uh, so, so these guys, the industrial psychologists, what they said is that most of us, uh, between, between our genetics and what happens to us in the first five years of our life, uh, we have a certain hard-coded 
sets of likes, dislikes, and uh, kind of aptitudes and passions uh, that are set in stone, that are not going to change after the age of five. And you can think of that kind of like, you know, this is your kind of inner map, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what happens is the world, the world expects us to act a certain way. Yes. And the world doesn't see this. So the world might say, this is how I expect you to act. And I don't really care what you are on the inside. And so what happens with most humans is there's a misalignment. And if there's a misalignment, you will not go far in life. So if you want to go far in life, what has to happen is things have to come up like this. And they are like this for people like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or Muhammad Ali or, uh, you know, any number of accomplished people in different fields is uh, their internal wiring and uh, what they're, you know, doing externally are in perfect, perfect harmony. Yes. And, um, and so some of these guys stumbled into that, others took deliberate actions to get there. But it's, it's not that hard to get there even without the help of these uh, psychologists, though that can help, hmm. uh, is, you know, basically just as you're going through life, just ask yourself questions. I did that activity, how did I like that? And I did this activity and how did I like this? And what do I like and what do I not like? And how do I like to spend my days? And how would I spend my days if I wasn't concerned about money? You know, just what would I do on a day-to-day basis if I wasn't uh, concerned about putting food on the table, if you will. So by asking these types of questions, uh, we're going to get closer to the answer. Okay. And uh, and then when you get clo- close to the answer, um, then, you know, 1 plus 1 becomes 11. It just, you know, you, you get on a turbo path. Hey, that's just, that's just beautiful, beautifully, beautifully explained. I love the element of harmony. You know where, Manesh, I find that the most of the world is struggling with today, and it's obviously from what you've described, it's taken, taken effort to find out who you are. So it's, it's the knowing of the self, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's a big problem, and, and I'm seeing due to this problem, not just people having limitations in their material success or their corporate success, whatever, however you want to define it, but in terms of finding harmony in life. So therefore... It goes back to what I was talking about earlier. People are getting restless and anxious and really confused, right? So this this ability to look inwards, um, how much do you continuously spend time on that in terms of you know asking those questions about yourself? Hey, am I still enjoying this? Is this what I like? Is that part of my nature, that type of thing? Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, uh, you know, I go back and reread that report periodically. Um, but now it's second nature, nature to me. You know, right. I understand this stuff really well. So, uh, you know, uh, like for example, uh, let's say, uh, and I've been doing this for a long time. Let's say I go meet someone for lunch. Yeah. And we have lunch. And uh, after after the meal, I'll I'll ask myself, um, how did I enjoy that experience? Right. And was it an awesome experience? Yeah. And yeah. if it wasn't an awesome experience. Um, it's unlikely there'll be another lunch with that person. Right, right. Okay. And, you know, I have, I have two, uh, two heroes, uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Yeah. And, you know, they say that uh, there's a kind of gravitational pull. If you hang out with people better than you, mm-hmm. you're going to get better. Exactly. If you hang out with people worse than you, 
you're going to get worse. And the company you keep, uh, right? And so, so one of the things mm. that uh, we as humans, and we have to take deliberate actions to do this, is we should take a look at uh, the people we hang out with, and uh, and we should we should uh, ask ourselves a couple of questions. One is, you know, how do you enjoy uh, uh, the company of these people? Uh, and the second is, are they better or worse, uh, and such? And so. Um, so as you can kind of sift through uh, the relationships and you strengthen the ones uh, that are giving you a lot of positive energy mm. and that get you to be really happy, uh, you know, bring more of that into your life. And you uh, you say no. So one of the things uh, one of the things I learned from Warren Buffett uh, is that uh, you know he gets asked a lot of things by a lot of people. All the time, you know. I want to meet you. Can you yeah. put money in my company? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got these, uh, you know, financial problems. There's a zillion yeah. things that come right. uh, across his desk, right? And uh, Warren Buffett said that he's a very nice man, but he said, "I've learned to be good at saying no." And it is very important. Uh, so you know, there are there are two ways you can live your life. Uh, you can live your life by being Diplomatic, yes, uh, and or you can live your life by being truthful. And sometimes the two paths are, are divergent. <laughs> uh, it may it may not be possible at all times to be truthful and diplomatic. And when you have to choose between the two, choose the truth. So uh, do not worry about uh, do not worry too much about. You know, oh, I'm gonna hurt this person's feelings. Oh, he wants to go to lunch with me, and if I say no, then you know he feel bad. Uh, you know, trust me, humans can handle a lot of things. And uh, you're saying no to lunch is not gonna shatter someone. <laughs> and so, so the thing is that uh, uh, we have very limited time on on Earth. Yes. Uh, our time is precious. Correct. Uh, don't blow it on yo-yos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, and so try to hang out with people that you really enjoy, yeah. and people who are uh, in in different ways maybe better than you, and uh, see what you can learn from them. So and a, uh, and what you'll find yeah. is that as you bring in more of that to your life, uh, you're going to become happier. The other test to use is ask yourself after you meet someone, how did you feel in their presence? Right. Did you feel good being yeah. in their presence? Yeah. Which is, in other words, your subconscious telling you this guy's great. Yeah. Hey, okay. sir. <laughs> or, or do you feel like you know? Let me get rid of this person. Yeah, let me get, let, him get him, let me get him out of here. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. I told you he's a good guy and he's very generous in sharing with you his secrets and the importance of frameworks, etc. Please, I hope you've got your pen and paper out and taking some notes. And again, be that giving person. Help us out. Share, like, send us your comments as well. And go and lead a great, happy, fulfilled life. Let's get back to chatting with Manesh. How do you feel when you've dropped 650000 on a guy for lunch in his presence? Well, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. It was good, I huh? Mean, I mean... Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, from 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 my vantage point, yeah. um, the 
the the so I, let me put it this way uh i had made an enormous out of, amount of money out of the intellectual property of warren buffett <laughs> yes uh, which he's freely shared with the world yes right? yes and but I you had, used uh, it though right i had, pardon that's the the difference is you actually believed in it and used it absolutely sure yeah. i mean i think the thing is that humans there's a lot of humans who have deep skepticism yes about many things which is fine it's good yeah. to be skeptical but there are times when if you look at something and you believe in it go all in yes don't worry about it go yeah. all in okay and and uh, and one of the things i found is that in order to be successful you have to go all in so i did go all in with buffett's approach to investing i took that as a gospel truth yeah. and it turned out that he knows what he's talking about okay <laughs> so anyway so i had made a lot of money and uh, and it's kind of like you know if you were living in the time of gandhi or oh. einstein yeah. or newton and they were willing to sit down to have a meal with you would you be willing to have a meal with them oh give him my car and, plus and something as yes it turned out warren buffett uh happens to be alive when i'm alive number 1 which is great number 2 he's willing to take a bribe to sit down for a meal <laughs> and um and the price of the bribe wasn't that high <laughs> wasn't that high no uh, on a relative basis yeah. i mean i think uh i think uh when i bid for the lunch my my net worth was north of 50 60 million yeah. most of it had come from him right and um and so uh you know paying a 1 or 2% tax is not a big deal you know uh, you know we get taxed more than 50% here in uh, California so 1 or 2% is perfectly fine, fine and and so my only objective to uh, to have that lunch was to look the man in the eye and to be able to thank him yeah yeah that's all i wanted to accomplish yes. and of course uh, what warren buffett uh, wants to do with these annual lunches because the money goes to a charity is he wants to make sure that the winner of these lunches believes they got a phenomenal deal and and now these lunches they you know i paid 650000 now they go for about 3 and 1/2 million wow and uh, so you know we got quite a quite the bargain hey uh, i knew yes. i was a value guy <laughs> and um, And anyway so even even the people who paid the 3 or 4 million yeah if you if you talk to them they will tell you they got a bargain yes because yes. what 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 Warren Buffett does during the lunch is he tries to make sure that he is delivering as much value as possible so you feel that uh you know you got the better end of the deal I mean right? I'm and getting, so, so yeah. for example when he met us for lunch I went with my wife and my kids and a friend of mine and his wife there were six of us so as soon as he arrived he said look i got nothing going on all afternoon yeah and so i will be here as long as you want me to and when you get sick and tired of me you can ask me to leave <laughs> and i'll leave you know right. but but i don't have any any anything on my calendar yeah. uh it's not going to be a one hour or two hour or three hour lunch it'll be as long Close. as you guys want and um And then the second thing you know I was I was addressing him as Mr. Buffett you know Mr. Buffett this and that and then he told my daughters you know if you call me Warren yeah maybe the grown up grown up will learn <laughs> and uh, so I think within about 5 or 10 minutes we felt like uh I was talking to my grandfather yeah. right you know yeah
you get past the fact that you think you're talking to some, you know, uh, celebrity or highly accomplished person and so on. Hey mate, the thing that's coming across from you loud and clear, and which is making it very, very enjoyable for me to have a conversation, um, is is just the amount of gratefulness, right? You know, the ability to be like feeling that you're blessed and thankful. I'm kind of getting that really loud and clear from you. And 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 the other thing is, you talk a lot about giving, mm-hmm. right? So can you just expand on that a little bit more in terms of your thoughts around those two particular points? When when you take an approach in life, which is I'm going to be a giver, what the way life works is 100x comes back to you. Yes, yes, uh, yes. You know, uh, my uh, my wife uh, my wife tells me that you know uh, of all the things that you've done, she tells me of all the yeah. things you've done. That six hundred fifty thousand that yeah. you paid for Warren Buffett, which I thought you were nuts to do, right? Okay, that has paid back because she's watched how yes. it's paid back. Yes. He says you have made, you know, a hundred times just in terms of what's come back to mm. you uh, from that uh, from that exercise, and it was not done with the expectation of that anything's some... coming back. Right. Right. So I actually never, and you know, this is this comes from the. From the Bhagavad Gita. Yes. Okay. If you talk to the sages. Yes. Right. What will they tell you? They will tell you, you are here to do your duty. You are not here to pursue rewards. You are here to do your duty. And 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 if you take a you know a little bit more kind of intelligent approach to life, one of the things you realize about life. My my dad used to tell me this. Uh, he used to say in Hindi, "Nange aaye hain, nange jana hain." And for the sliver of your listeners yes. who didn't understand that, um, what what it means is we come to the world naked, and we leave the world naked. And he used to say, no one has succeeded in even <laughs> taking a pin with him, ever. Right? Yes. So basically, we have a very short stay on planet Earth. Yes. And at some point, we're going to leave. Yes. We don't know exactly when. And when we leave, we can't take any take no. any of it. No. Okay, that's those are the rules, <laughs> and so the concept of trying to hoard everything, yes, and screw everyone, yes, is one of the most dumbass concepts. <laughs> okay, because what are you going to do with the hoarding and the screwing of everyone? So because what? In the end, you're going to be gone. Gone. Dead. So why do people do it? Why do people do it? Why are they always chasing? Why are they anxious? Why do they want more? And why are they always competing? Why? Because they haven't, they haven't figured out what works in life and how it works in life. So in life, what you want to do is you want to continue to build goodwill. Mm. You know, uh, and you don't want to keep track of building goodwill, and you don't need to do any of uh, any of the math around it. Just be a giver. It's as simple as that. And you don't even need to give money. Yes. You know, like many of the ta- people Adam Grant talked about, they gave time, or they gave something else. They didn't, uh, you know. So even uh, even our our uh, foundation in India, yes, uh, you know, we are very clear that the kids that we are helping do not do not owe us anything. Uh, they, you know, a lot of people will ask me, look, these people are doing so well. Hmm. Uh, you know, why don't you tell them that they have an obligation 
to help you. And I'll say, you know, we don't need to do any of that. Uh, it will take care of itself. Of course it will, yes. You know, and, yes. and it will take care of itself in a way that would be mind-blowing to most oh, people. Definitely. Uh, so, so the thing is, already a lot of our kids, they don't have money right now because they're very early in life. But they have time. They give incredible amounts of time. Yes. And we don't ask them to give yes. time. They give time uh, because they just like to do that. And uh, and so so I think the the world is asymmetric. Um, I think that if you uh, the funny thing is that if you if you adopt uh, you know what I would call non-capitalistic policies that look stupid or appear stupid, they're actually big time winning policies. Uh, they will they will uh, take you pretty far in life. Man, I love that. That's, can we talk a little bit more about the Dutchler Foundation, what you're doing, how you set it up, how it came about? Um, sure. You know, I, I mean, it's... Look, I'll let you describe it. I mean, I've, I've done a little research well, and so, I love what you So do. here's the thing. I yeah. already told you yeah. I'm leaving naked. And I already told you I can't take a pin with me, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first law of nature. Yes. You can't take anything. The second thing is that... Um, Large inheritances are not helpful to your gene pool. They are actually a burden on them mm-hmm. and they are going to take away their ability to maximize their potential in life. So uh, very early on, my wife and I decided that we weren't really interested uh, in leaving large inheritances. I have two daughters and I think that both of them are very driven and uh, I think... Uh, uh, they are not interested in getting, uh, you know, large amounts of money from us and such. Not, not, of, not of interest at all. So the second part of it is is that uh, we, I knew that we would end up with more money than we could use, uh, because that's the other thing is that uh, incremental dollars that we would spend would not increase our happiness. Uh, so you know, there's there's very little correlation once you get to a certain point yes. between spending and happiness. Uh, so basically, there was there was going to be an excess pool of cap of cash and assets, and the only choice left is to recycle it back to society. There's really no other choice. You know, you can't give it to your gene pool. Yes. You can't use it yourself. So you're going to give it to society. So basically, the Dakshina Foundation came about because that was the only choice we had. And now, if you're going to give money to society, uh, you can do it two ways. You know. Give a man a fish, freedom for a day. Teach a man to fish, freedom for a lifetime. And I wasn't interested in giving fish because that's kind of a, a dole, a continuous yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to teach fishing. Right. Yeah. And and in India, when my wife and I grew up, we saw so much poverty around us, and we both intrinsically understood that the key way to combat poverty is through education. And, and so India has a large pool of very bright kids who do not get the opportunity. They're lost. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're in rural India and so on. And so the, the Dakshina Foundation at the very early days, that was our, at the high level, we defined our mission as uh, we're going to find uh, extremely poor kids uh, who have high potential. They've got brain power. And uh, then we're going to make sure that we do everything in our power to maximize the potential of that horsepower. Because, you know, uh, you know, once you get into the IITs in India, 
uh, because they are state supported they are very cheap to go to okay. but it's just uh, it's a tough exam to get to crack okay. and so that was uh, that showed us the path and that's what we started doing is we started identifying very bright and poor 16 year olds across india and uh, prepping them for a couple of years and then uh, you know focusing on the the iit entrance exams and uh, you know at any given time we've got about 800 kids or so in our program about 4 or 500 a year uh, apply for the for the iit test and uh, now about 70% of them get through wow and we've been doing this now i mean the foundation started about a little over 9 years ago and so in the last 3 years our kids have finished college and they've entered the workforce and uh, some of them are in the us now in fact uh, one of our kids uh, works at uh, google in mountain view and uh, you know his parents used to make um, i don't know something like 60 dollars a month uh, father was a tailor in a in a very poor area of hyderabad and uh, the son makes six figures <laughs> that's wonderful you know, it's a, it's a it's a radical transformation in a very short period of time that's brilliant thank you so much for explaining that man because uh, i The other thing that really stood out to me was your thinking and the importance of having structure, right? Because I mean blindsidedness comes in when you're in business, you know that, you know, uh frame blindness comes in, etc. I noticed that you're a big believer in uh frameworks, checklists, right? Can you talk to me about that and the importance of having that and why one should rely on frameworks, etc. Yeah so I mean checklists apply in certain facets of life and um, you know they they were uh, the pioneers of the usage of checklists uh, was the aviation industry so so checklists are kind of a hack that carry a lot of weight without taking up a lot of resource mm-hmm. and um, you know Atul Gawande wrote about yes. it obviously he's a brilliant guy and they have applied checklists in in medicine and in surgery with spectacular results uh we've obviously obviously seen uh, aviation become one of the safest uh means of transportation because of checklists and i felt that the checklists also had value in in the sphere of investing because uh just like aviation or medicine uh when we're looking at making an investment in a business um the number of factors that can affect a business in the future are a myriad of factors they could be 100 things that could affect the fact uh, a business in the future so what i did is when we built our checklist uh we basically focused on looking at mistakes people had made because that's how the aviation industry works mm-hmm. every time there's a plane crash uh, the authorities faa ntsb all these guys go in and they try to figure out what went wrong Yes. And and after they figure out what went wrong, they'll make changes to either airplanes or procedures or pilot training to make sure that thing is not going to happen again. Correct. And because they've, they've been they've been doing this for decades, you have very safe aviation. So what I did when we built our checklist is I looked at great investors who had made uh very basic mistakes in investing and lost money. And and what I found is that even the greatest of minds like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger 
many times they lose money on their investments and the reason they lose money is for a reason that was extremely obvious before the investment was made they missed it and they didn't miss it because they were stupid they missed it because they didn't have a rigorous process mm-hmm. of going through a list mm-hmm. so uh, so the checklist is just a, a freebie it's a great thing to do beautiful man that's wonderfully explained talk to me about just just describe to me about like when you're when you're out there sussing a or checking a business out to invest in or to buy or whatever maybe what's what's the process what what goes through you how do you feel what are some of the things that you're looking at? I just want to make sure some of the, our listeners look at it and listen to it and get inspired by it and get a couple of couple of clues like you did from Warren. Yeah, so, uh, so the first thing is that whenever I'm looking at businesses or companies, I'm always looking for a reason to say no as quickly as possible and to be done with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, because the thing is that we have, uh, you know, if you look at public companies, uh, globally, there are 50,000 or so businesses that are publicly traded. Um, I might make three investments a year. So, you know, there's a large data set <laughs> large and there's a very yeah. small pool that I'm, I'm going to invest in. Lots of no's. And, and it's clearly, clearly I don't have the time yes. uh, to study 50,000 businesses. Mm. Because each one would take a lot of time. So you use, I use shortcuts. So the first shortcut is you don't need to know everything about a business before you say no. The moment you hit the first thing that bothers you, you're done. It's the same as, you know, whether you want to make someone a close friend or not. You know, you're not going to do a, you know, three month analysis on every human you meet. Uh, What you're going to do is in the first few minutes, you know, is there a connection? Is not a connection, you're probably not going to make it, right? Exactly. And so, so the, the questions I ask, the first question I ask when I look at a business is, is it within my circle of competence? Uh, do I understand the business? So there's lots of industries that I don't understand. Yes. Biotech, I don't understand biotech. <laughs> okay, you know, the, the healthcare industry in the US, which I think is a corrupt industry, I just don't want to go there. Health insurance companies, I don't want to go there. Right, so there's there's lots and lots of businesses with the entire swath of industry that I'm not interested in. So we just bypass that. Anything based in Russia is not of interest. <laughs> Anything based in Zimbabwe is not of interest. Okay, so so the thing is the the, the thing is you just ask the first question is is it within circle of competence or is it just you know missing some basic stuff where we're not going to go there. Right. Uh, right. That that wipes out more than 90% of what I look at, maybe 95%. Right. So yeah. most things that I look at are gone within the first 10 or 15 seconds of looking at them, very fast. Uh, very few things survive for a minute, okay? Very few things. Right. Um, and then very few things survive for an hour, okay? Yeah. And then even fewer survive for a day. Okay. And, you know, sometimes I might study a business for three months before we invest. Okay. So, and sometimes it might be a week before we invest. It mm-hmm. just depends on the business. Yes. Uh, so the idea is that we're doing elimination. We're always looking to eliminate. And there is no, you know, unlike in, in baseball, investing is a game where there are no call strikes. So uh, I'm sorry for the Aussies. They may not exactly hey, understand we get that. It. We get it. We, uh, do, we do okay. But I think they can figure it out. 
but but basically the the idea is in baseball you know you miss three pitches uh in the in the strike zone and you're out yes in investing you can let a hundred pitches go by and you can still sit there waiting for the next one there's no penalty for saying no to a business there is a penalty for saying yes to the wrong business oh i love okay? that yes so so what you have to do is so it's a process of, the process is the same as human relationships you know you the way you pick who you hang out with is the way you pick the businesses and again what you're looking for ideally the businesses uh so i won't invest in a company that makes tobacco products i love that i'm i'm yes. not interested in buying a casino right so uh, now i i may not have a problem buying coke for example <laughs> you know we might, we might be okay with uh coke and uh, and uh, chips and so on yeah. that's fine yeah. uh but we're certainly not going to go to the other human vices no uh so what i'm looking for is businesses that have a noble purpose if you will or at least not an evil purpose um so that again wipes out a bunch of businesses and uh, you just go down the line hey i love that and i absolutely love that and I, and I, and I, when i talk to chairman and you know boards etc i often ask them i ask them and i often see just you know are they courageous enough do they have a set of virtues that they live by right because so many of these yes. guys are it's being, very important yeah hey man so when you look at when you're looking at companies and you're assessing the chair or the board or the ceo etc do you ask do you look at their personal side of it who they are where they're taking the organization what type of humans they are yeah i mean i think i think that you know for first of all i would just say this the ceo of the average public company is a person you'd be happy to have your daughter marry Uh, okay, okay so yeah. in general you're not dealing with used car sales yes uh it is a significantly above average crowd now it doesn't mean there's a not a bunch of shysters in there <laughs> uh but but what i'm saying is that that group in general is a fairly high quality group uh but the but that group does have a few traits uh for example they're very good sales people that's how got they got there mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being good sales people yeah. same sales person um and they they've got good interpersonal skills they've got good speaking skills those are all skills that are going to be helpful to you um but yeah so i think what you want to try to get to and you don't even need to meet these people to get there what you want to try and get to is their passions uh you know would they do this job if they weren't getting paid uh why are they doing this job those types of things and in most cases you know uh, it's a misnomer most people don't work for money um people think that people work for money people don't work for money uh, people work for a cause and so what you want to see is what's the cause what's the culture uh, where they're trying to go how are they trying to build this thing are they taking care of their people all those sorts of good things wonderful mate you know i love what you're doing with the dakshina foundation i love your philosophy in investing i've had such a ball i reckon we could talk for another couple of days actually but your wife is probably calling you <laughs> and my wife's probably circling around soon with the baby you know all right hey, thank thanks you bro we'll see you take care brother Bye. ciao man great that was absolute fun manesh 
shared so much knowledge with you all, as he does quite often. So I hope you got a whole heap out of that. Thank you for joining us. I've got another 12 of these episodes with world champions. Please enjoy it, share it around, and spend at least 10 to 15 minutes a day on yourself as far as working on the internal you, lots of breathing, lots of meditation, and lots of self-love. Talk to you soon. I'm Ro.